Hey, it's America's Supermom. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. This series is the Corona Chronicles. I created this so that we would have an outlet of positivity in the midst of a lot of negativity. You know what I'm talking about. All the news, the fear around this virus, um, how it can affect us, um, what the new normal is looking like, and how so many things have changed that a lot of people feel like um, it is the end of the world, so to speak. So this podcast was created so that those of us who have hope, who are willing to move forward with this new normal and uh, innovate new things that will help us to be creative and positive, that is what this platform is for, for us to come together and share that positivity and that light with those who may need it. So if you're interested in sharing your insight, please reach out because we can never have enough positive news. So sit back and enjoy the show. I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm really excited to have my next guest, Nancy John. We actually met organically through a, um, I'm not sure what to call it. It's just a group where um, <laughs> we have just been able to challenge each other's um, thinking and kind of uh, help with the perspectives of just uh, daily living. So um, I'm really excited to just have an organic conversation with her. Um, we met through Olick, who is uh, someone who I interviewed here um, a couple weeks ago, and um, just a great person. We were able to get together on a Zoom call, have very many things in common, and just the mindset to... Uh, always broaden our perspective on daily living and um, be able to um, make the world a little make the world a little better in our uh, particular area and zone of genius that we work in. So at this time, I want to give Nancy the opportunity to introduce herself before we dive into the interview. Well, thank you so much, Lachelle, for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. I loved how you described how we met because I was like, yeah, that's actually really good. What is, how do we describe that? So yeah, it is very much an organic, <laughs> an yeah. organic meeting. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and so grateful to have had a chance to meet you as well. And so I'll give a little bit of background about myself. Uh, my name is Nancy John. I am, uh, so if I talk about from a professional perspective, my background is in learning and development, and I've been in that space for many years, I'd say over 15 years mm -hmm. uh, on the corporate side. And through that, I had the opportunity to really get involved in um, a learning and development piece, really get involved in coaching and leadership development, um, which really connected with me very early in my career. Uh, and so uh, last year I had an opportunity to uh, venture out on my own. And so I started up my own company, Seed Leadership. And the focus of my work is to continue what I had been doing in organizations, but now to be able to do it on my own. But really the heart of my work is around developing future leaders. And so I look for opportunities where I can work with people who are looking to kind of create something new with their leadership and step into new things. And 
Uh, and so I have a vision around, like I said, building future leaders. And that vision is still a work in progress, which is what I'm excited about. I think sometimes when we go into business, people feel that everything needs to be fully baked. And I've learned through this process that that's actually not possible uh, mm -hmm. to have it fully baked. At least that's been my experience and really most people I talk to. Uh, and there's something really neat about being able to have it a work in progress because as I evolve, I'm recognizing what this mission means and what it can look like um, that in a way that actually, uh, you know, as somebody said earlier, feeds my soul. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's, uh, so that's where I'm at right now. I love that. And um, I love the whole thing of future leaders because, you know, right mm -hmm. now this is a pivotal time, you know, so yes. many people have such uh, contrasting views. You know, you have some that are like, oh, it's the end of the world, you know, uh, right. everything is over. And then some who are like, there's so many new opportunities. So um, for you to have the insight to think about future leaders, um, what do you think is really pivotal that someone needs in order to have that type of perspective? You know, I, what I've really come to realize in this last little bit is the critical thing that we all need, whether, again, we talk about leadership and sometimes people, when we think leadership, people think, oh, I'm going to take on a, a role that is a leadership role. And, and I think it's important for us to kind of think about it just even if you're like, well, I'm not interested in leading people. But in a sense, if you take something on that, that whether you're a, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, um, or you're leading people in, in an organization, those characteristics still remain. And mm -hmm. what I've realized is... Um, the key thing is awareness. Mm. Self-awareness is a critical success factor for leaders. And I've kind of, so I've, for me, even that has expanded a little bit. I've started to realize really in the end, all of us as human beings, what we want is we want to be, we want to know that we've been heard and mm -hmm. we want to know that we're seen. Mm. And and so for me, self-awareness is like a really um, foundational to that idea of being heard and being seen. Because sometimes if you can't actually even recognize yourself, like I think there's a, there's a lot of times people don't really, aren't even really able to see themselves, aren't really aware of themselves. So that idea of being heard and being seen, we're always looking outward for it. And the thing mm -hmm. is, before you can look outward for it, you got to kind of be like, what do I see? Mm -hmm. How am I recognizing and hearing what's what who I am, right? And I think that that's a critical piece. And I realized how important that is. And I'll give a quick example. So even more recently, I was working, uh, I, I was working with a new client. And so some of the work early on that we do is around this idea of like, let's let's talk about self awareness, because usually people come with here, are all the things I want to work on, here, are all the problems, mm -hmm. situations that you want to work on. And I said, that's all great. I said, let's start with kind of just baseline of just how do you see yourself like well let's let's start there and <clears throat> so I do um and I'll use assessments I'm not it's honestly that I've built these assessments but there's there are existing leadership assessments that exist and I'll use them as part of my coaching so the differentiator really is um how I can coach people through it but mm -hmm. in that conversation as we were chatting about it uh, and we were going through this kind of self-awareness piece she started to she started to cry in between and so I just paused and, you know, kind of let her talk it out. And she said, you know, it just, I just feel validated. She said, mm. I just feel that 
sense of like these things that I felt and stuff. I just feel she didn't, she didn't exactly use, I can't, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but she said this idea of like this idea of like just being seen. She goes, I just feel like I've been seen, I've been heard. And, um, and when we were chatting, I said, yeah, I go, but you know, what's interesting here is none of this is anything I've created. This is based on what you have said about yourself. Mm. This is how you have shared about yourself. And that's how this assessment has come out or the, res- the response here. So it was really um, a reinforcement for me that how important mm-hmm. this is. She actually, oddly enough, is not a new leader. She's been a leader for a long time, uh, was just mm-hmm. taking on a goal, like stepping into something different. And so that's where she was looking for some support. Um, so it just reinforced for me the importance of awareness, like how important that is, that self-awareness. And, and then once you can do that as a leader, how you can expand that for people around you. This idea when you realize how important it is to be seen and heard yourself, then you can create a place for other people. If you can't create that place for yourself, it's very difficult to create that for someone else. I love that. And, you know, that's something I definitely had to come to terms with in my own life after, you know, my hospitalizations and my own struggle with depression, you know, to have that element of self-awareness. So for somebody who is like, you know, that does sound like me, I want to be more self-aware. What are some ways that they can do an assessment? What are some questions or maybe one or two they should ask themselves to begin that process? I think one of, I mean, it's an interesting one. I I would say if, let's say you're not, if you're just doing it on your own, like it's just like a starting point to to something, um, I would say you can keep it really simple and just ask yourself questions and they don't have to be, um, like these spectacular questions, right? Like so I would say mm-hmm. self-awareness can even begin from a place of um, paying attention to how you feel about something. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that I've done with myself to kind of increase my own uh, awareness of why I feel a certain way. Um, I think the, the time we're in right now, there's a lot of uncertainty for people, whether it's because of jobs, whether it's because of what we're seeing out in our society, um, you know, whatever it might be, there's a lot of certainty that gets created. And so people feel differently about it. Some people might feel anxious because of it. Some people might feel angry because of it. Some people might just feel sad. Some people might feel nothing. Like There's different feelings that people have towards that. But what Mm -hmm. I found more often than not, um, we normally want to just be like, let's get on with it. Like, let's just Mm. move on with it. I get this. I get it. Right. So I'm not saying you need to wallow in it. That's not what I'm asking here. What I'm saying is, but pay attention to what you're feeling, because uh, I think one of the things that we haven't done a really good job of is actually identifying what is that feeling, because then when it compounds, it becomes out of control. And then you're like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, uh, I'm the type of person and I'm an introvert. So for me, some of these, I'm, I'm speaking from my place. So I'm sure there's others mm-hmm. who can say, I can work on it this a little bit differently. And I'd actually love to hear how you do it too. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's around what I've realized very simply on a day to day is paying attention to when I feel. Uh, so let's say I get, um, you know, I'm all of a sudden feeling discomfort of some sort. So it could be anxious or sad or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, I've actually started to pay attention to it. And I ask myself, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And I've come to realize because there's, you know, if you start paying attention, you'll actually start to notice it somewhere. 
for all of us, there's some place that it resides physically. For some of us, like for me, it's kind of around my chest. Some people, mm-hmm. it's in their stomach. Some people feel it in their shoulders. But there's something, the, your emotions, especially those heavy ones, are sitting somewhere for you physically. So if you can just pay attention, and I would consider asking, why am I feeling? First, what am I feeling? To name mm-hmm. it. Um, Sometimes, you know, uh, what I've realized is sometimes I've named it incorrectly. <laughs> like sometimes I'll say things like, wow. I'm, I'm so worried, I'm worried about blah, 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 or I am nervous about that. I'm just like, but am I really? Because sometimes it's a very small thing. And I'm like, is that really worry? Or is it just like you're irritated? Or is it just, so to name it helps you figure out what degree you're sitting in. And that temperature mm. is a really important sort of emotional awareness piece. So I would say just ask questions and you don't have to be perfect at it. You could just like, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling angry? Like, so where am I feeling? I'm feeling it in my chest. So what is that? It's anger. Yeah, I'm feeling angry because what am I angry? What just happened that caused me to get angry? What is that? Mm-hmm. And what you notice is as you pay attention to it, start naming it, it one, you'll start to uncover what it is and it'll start to dissipate actually mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're mm-hmm. actually paying attention to it rather than trying to cover it, cover it either by watching TV or by, you know, just trying to get on with work or whatever. Um, I would say make that a habitual thing. And mm-hmm. that's one way to start generating awareness around how you feel about things. Um, and then you'll start to pick up, you know what, I'm noticing a trend in certain things. I'm noticing that this one thing or this one person or these relationships constantly cause me this negative feeling or this sensation that I don't want here. And then I think there's opportunities then to say, do I need to engage in additional support? Because I myself, although I am a coach and work, I have my own coach too. So I think sometimes mm-hmm. people feel that asking for help is not, you know, if you're in a certain position or certain role, that asking for help is something that you can't do. And I actually think it's more, you, if you're in those uh, responsibility roles, you need it even more, is, is my Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> I sometimes I said they're going, how can you handle it? Like, how do you, recently I was actually even thinking about therapists and I'm just like, my goodness, that is a very tough yeah. job. Like I, yeah. I would hope that a therapist has their own therapist because mm-hmm. you carry so much, you know, you take on so much. And mm-hmm. I think leaders do the same thing. I think parents do the same thing. Like there's any responsibility role you you carry a lot of the load. And so you have to find ways to one, do it yourself, where you become aware of the load and recognize and be able to pick it up. And then also, also ask for help um, mm-hmm. and engage in that support because that's a healthy way of growing in that. So that's one way I would say, if you had to build your own awareness, that's a quick way to pick up emotional temperature. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a great way actually to build that resilience and that, emo- that awareness within you of what's happening. Uh- I love that. And I, that's pretty much the same type of process I go through, you know, uh, just taking it a little bit further in the sense that when I do have those feelings, you know, yeah. kind of writing it down, you know, not yeah. internalizing it. And then I look at it and say, okay, what about this? Can I control and what can yeah. I not control? Because yes. so many times, you know, you have this idea in your head that, oh, I'm responsible for this, or I can do this. Yeah. And especially yes. in the situation with this pandemic and a lot of these racial things. So your values may be that you are a helper or you're an encourager. Yes. And there's a limit to really what you can do. So I think the element of knowing what you can and cannot control is so key because you know, we all can have these grandiose ideas of how we want to save the world, 
But yeah, in a lot of times, it's, it's just something that's not obtainable, which can be uh, overwhelming and problematic also. Yes. You know? Well, I actually, I really appreciate you talked about the writing down, because that's something mm-hmm. I do. The journaling has become uh, really a critical part of, it's, it's interesting, it's a part of my, uh, because mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of, a lot of my um, things in my head, a lot of them are like jumbling around thoughts and everything and how I'm feeling. And there's a lot having internally for me. And so the journaling helps me to channel that outward and to get mm-hmm. it out and make sense of it. And, and interestingly enough, for me, my journaling is also uh, part of my um, meditation, my prayer life. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of all combined. I looked at my, I mean, not that anyone's going to read my journal because it's my journal. <laughs> but if let's say I was never opened it up. Not you put it in that memoir, right? That book that you're going to. Yes. But if I was ever opened it up, you would see that it is actually a function of like multiple things where I am internally conversation. There's conversation with God. There's like, you know, mm-hmm. conversation having with other people. Like it, there's a lot happening in there, uh, but mm-hmm. it's all part of my way of processing. So I would encourage, again, not everyone processes that way. So I know that not everyone's a journaler, but uh, anyone who's listening who finds themselves to be someone who carries a lot of things internally. And I would say generally introverts tend to be a little bit more like that. So if you kind of recognize mm-hmm. that, I would encourage you to build that habit because it's not something I always did. I didn't always do right. that. I actually, but then I, that now I realize why so much of it was pent up for me too. Like it was all built mm. in. Out, um, and the writing has helped me to do that. So not, again, it's not necessarily writing. So you have to share with everybody. Like this is just your own thing too. You can, it can right. Be I love it. And that is really key to think about, you know? So, um, one of the things with future leaders, I think this is just kind of like where the um, there's like a forward fork in the road. You know, you can go right. left or you can go right when it comes to how we deal with people who are um, being groomed for something down the road, you know, futuristic, that type of a mindset. So what um, what is the best way for us to even as a support system for future leaders, you know, what type of things should we be actively working on in order to have that flexibility and that capacity to think futuristic? Hmm. Um, I think that's an, that's an interesting question. I, I, I would say if someone is actually asking that question, <laughs> Mm-hmm. that they're already thinking in those terms. So okay. I would say, right, like if someone is already asking the question of like, well, what do I need to be thinking? You're already thinking future terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for those of us who are in in positions where let's say we are nurturing and caring for potential future, mm-hmm. say, you know, that's the situation mm-hmm. we're in, is you know, I think helping people, helping them to uh, start to recognize what are their strengths. Again, it brings mm. me back to the idea of sometimes what happens is we, we like sitting here right now, can have a vision for, let's say, our child or our, you know, um, associate or our nephew, niece, whoever, and be like, ah, oh, like I had this vision of where you might be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which may, may 
see the vision that that child holds, right? Right. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and so, and so, I think uh, for for the part of those who are nurturing is how lightly can you hold on to your your own opinions and dreams and visions mm. uh, without that attachment to it. While um, so, it's that balance of doing that while encouraging, right? So, I think there's an opportunity to share. Here's what I here's what I envision. But that can never be void of figuring out what are the strengths of that individual. Like, where do they see? And I think you know you use the words flexibility, Lachelle, and I feel like that mm-hmm. flexibility applies not just to the to the up and coming leader. That a flexibility applies also to those who might be grooming them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how freely can we hold on to ideas? Now, I'll certainly say I'm I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it feels like to have dreams and best of best of hopes for your children um, and be able to hold that. I don't know what that feels like, uh, but I, I can certainly imagine I'm, I'm, I am a child. I have, I have a mom and, you know, I can definitely think about conversations where she had an opinion and I had a different opinion of right. where things are going to go. Uh, but that's, that's it, right? Like it's the ability to hold it lightly. So I would say, you know, if you're thinking about how to help people think futuristic, I think it's important first to kind of engage in, look, what what do you think are your strengths? Like, what would you what do you bring to the table? And it brings me mm. back to this idea: of people just feeling like I'm seen and I'm heard as I am at this point. Because right. then, when you're at that place, you can then start thinking about, okay, well, okay, so great. So you have what you might start to see in this person, or they even share, like, you know, I. I'm, you know, I have an interest, like some of the interests might be tactical things, right? They might be interests in technology and things like that. Other things might be not so tactical. And it's more around like, you see them being, you know, you said like they, they're, they recognize that they're, they're encouragers, like they kind of do those things that encourage people They're They have um, a quality that they love to speak. Like you just notice that in them. And, and so it's kind of, noticing some of those things early and, and figuring out like, is that something that drives a passion for them? Or is that something that they do just because they're good at doing? Cause those are two different things. Right. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's, it's an ongoing kind of like, what do you see? What do you recognize? Okay. So if you had, if you want to try that and grow in that, what can we do? What mm-hmm. might be actual things we can do to get you to build in that area? So I think even as like, if I look at, senior leaders who are developing up and coming leaders, a similar principle can apply. You know, you're, you're at that point working with adults. And so recognizing and figure, helping them figure out like, what are your strengths? Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's figure out what are those things. And, and I think that's where, as I said, sometimes, you know, I, I start with assessments with my clients because exactly for that, sometimes people mm-hmm. can't quite articulate it really well as well. So the assessment just helps them to take what they're already thinking and to put it into a story. And now even with that, they can still adjust it. They can say, well, I don't really know where that came from. I don't know that that's true of me. So it's not like it's a binding agreement that they get into, but I think for me, it's just starting where they are, your strengths and then helping them there because then it's a, um, it's something that they are invested in to get someone to think forward and be like, how do I look forward? How do I think futuristic? Uh, those are, I have to start from saying like, where are my strengths? Some people are more strategic than other mm-hmm. people. That's just how they operate. Some are more operational, but you need both of them. You, mm-hmm. you need both of these things, but to know that you have to be 
what do I naturally find myself going towards? What kind of feeds me, makes me feel great? Like I'm in the flow when I'm doing it. And how can we use that as a way to say, okay, so what could that look like for you as you're building forward? How do I create opportunities to help you do that? How do you create opportunities too? So it's not necessarily that the, the executive leader or senior leader always has to be the one. Like it can be part of that. To say, well, how do we create opportunity? What does that look like? Where, how do we engage in that? And what's the stretch? I think that's where we can start having some of that. But, but it has to start from where do you find joy in a sense? of being. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like often we have created this container of leadership where people, mm-hmm. because they don't think they have any other way to move forward in their career. So they actually don't want to be in that leadership role, but they don't know how else to move forward. And that's problematic. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're back to that awareness too. Now, so yes. one of the things that I'm just kind of curious about is, you know, you're uh, usually working with these executives and um, maybe companies. How do mm-hmm. you um, marry the fact that, you know, people are in this place of not knowing where to go? You do an assessment and, you know, helping them to change, you know, because in some aspects it could be certain roles that they've done for years in terms of how yeah. the – corporate structure is set up and, you know, how do you bring this information into a place to where they are um, open and receptive to a new way of doing something? I'd be right. kind of curious. To, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a really You're dealing with so many moving parts, you know what I mean? It's like, it'd be different if it's yeah. one person. You know, yeah, or yeah, you know, and that could be even the same for somebody who has a family. You know, what advice mm-hmm. would you give them, you know, to kind of navigate through that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one that I am very conscious of <laughs> is that mm-hmm. you know, there's sometimes we are doing we might be in places and doing things because that's just what we've always done or there's not another pattern that we know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, differently. So in, so, so far in my experience, especially as I'm uh, in my experience um, as an entrepreneur, but Mm -hmm. I can probably, I might even as I'm responding to this, think about when I was actually working within an organization. Um, Usually by the time my inroads has been through an individual, Mm-hmm. usually the individual who approaches looking for support and by the usually by the time someone comes for support and I think you might experience this too Michelle is like they know they're like in a I got a I'm, I'm I have a problem right right like they're not usually coming because they're like everything is great and I'm mm-hmm. looking for help. like that's I haven't had that happen to me yet. yeah it may happen I don't know. <laughs> but it's usually like I have a problem what do I do mm-hmm. and so I think that went that the problem, or as you said, that fork in the road is actually a great opportunity to actually reassess and be like, mm. great. So this is how you have, you, you're doing, you have a problem. You said you come here, you have a problem, mm-hmm. but you've also said, this is what you've always done. Mm-hmm. So they already kind of know that there's something off about the way they always have done things. Mm. And it's, <laughs> that really is the fork in the road is decision-making time to say, you know what? And so it brings me actually back to something that you said earlier around 
what are you willing to do? What can you control? Mm. Uh, or maybe it's the other way I would say, what can you control? And, and knowing that, what are you willing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly that's what happened. So I had, um, for example, the same client I mentioned earlier, we had a couple of different options how we could work together. But she decided, she goes, I know that doing the, that bigger work with the team is something that's needed, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not ready for that right now. So we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Do you know what I mean? It was a conscious and that's completely okay. It's like, okay. And I think that's great because she made a conscious decision because she knew what she was able to control and work on mm-hmm. and handle at this moment. And so we go with the route. Cause yeah, I mean, for me, I was just like, ideally if we work with your team, this gives us a broader place to start. It gives you uh, better opportunities for collective change, but she just wasn't ready for that. And that's, mm-hmm. that was like, okay, that's completely fine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so again, it brings back to that decision. And I, you know, I think it's always, and I, I know, I know what it feels like to be in a situation where you feel like I want to do some, I want to do something about this, but I feel like I cannot do something about this. Right. I, I understand that, right. I understand and that can happen sometimes in organizations because you don't have, you know, entrepreneurs, people say, well, you have control over all of these things, like your time and who you choose to work with. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Right. But mm-hmm. we also end up making less money. As right. as you know, we, we give up other things to be able to, to do that, especially as you get started. Right. Like we give right. up those things. Um, but I can understand that. But then when you're in the organization, you have these uh, organizational objectives that you work towards, which absolutely makes sense because th- there's a bigger picture with the organization. Mm-hmm. It's not just about um I, I think it, it there, there comes that crossroads where you have to, if it's that bad you're making a decision to say am I in line with the values and objectives of this organization mm. and anytime it's contrary to your values it creates tension mm-hmm. and you at that point and I know I'm I don't say this flippantly like as a dude absolutely it's not an easy choice but mm-hmm. it's a choice and I think that's where some of those conversations that I have is like, what do you want to do about it? What are you willing to do? And, and there's a sense for people to say, well, what can I do? I can't really do anything about this. I'm like, okay, knowing that then, what do you want to do? Mm. Um, then people, then actually it's, you know, I'm surprised that people will come up with ideas to say, well, okay, it's not that I'm not going to take a drastic measure, but I think there's a conversation I need to have. Mm. Great. What is that? And I think it's about being able to, take a hold of what you can control mm-hmm. and do like act on that, knowing mm-hmm. that none of us has a full idea of exactly what will lead from our actions, right? Like it doesn't mean just because I have a conversation with Lachelle, Lachelle's going to be like, oh, that's great, Nancy. I fully understand. Right. I got to be prepared that Lachelle's going to come back with something that I'm just like, oh, shoot, right? <laughs> like, okay, but, but now we've opened up, you know, we've opened this can up. So let's mm-hmm. actually have a conversation. Well, you've set yourself up for something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel that in the end, it brings us back to choices and, mm-hmm. um, there are some difficult choices to make. And mm-hmm. sometimes it requires moving in, 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 smaller steps. As I said, with my client, she's like, I do have an idea of to want to work with the team, but I want to start here first. Um, we'll start there. Uh, and then for, for others, it's going to be that, uh, you know what, let's go right in. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to tackle this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. Like, of course, like where you're in the organization will affect that your role in the organization will your tenure affects mm-hmm. all of those things. That's the reality of life. But I would say that shouldn't stop you from wanting to explore and see 
what do I need to do? Because not mm-hmm. every change, I think that's something that we get stuck on is not every change has to be monumental. Right. It, it is the incremental shifts you make that will determine the, the next steps for you. I, yeah. And I say that as somebody who has, who's experiencing it, right? So I, mm-hmm. I don't say that as someone who has a theoretical thing. I'm saying that as in it's the incremental steps matter. Mm-hmm. As much as you don't feel like it matters, it matters. Right. That's good. Now, so, you know, in dealing with, you know, let's just use this client again for the example. You know, yeah. what do you think has to um, be recognized for them to flip their mindset to even be in, um, in a place to make that decision? So, like, for example, you know, she was able to look at, you know, uh, dealing with personal issues or, you know, going through this more corporate um, reorganization, so to speak. I don't know if that's actually the right word, but, you know, bringing everybody involved or just dealing with herself personally first. But even just to make that transition, whether it was the group or herself, what had to happen in her mindset or, you know, for people who were listening and thinking, you know, I'm at that point, I've recognized something's wrong, but, you know, there's something that happens in order for them to take that next step and make that decision to do something different. Right. So interestingly enough with her, initially when we started, she definitely was like, we're just doing the individual thing. Like she, she wasn't really open to, at, the t- at least in the moment, open mm-hmm. to exploring the team one. Partly, I think it was because she was, I'm just getting to, you know, I'm just getting to know the team. Um, uh, you know, I want to kind of figure that out first before I engage them in something else and things like that. What helped her to kind of take a shift and be like, oh, wait a minute, I think I see the value of this is when she actually Mm. did her own self-awareness piece. Mm. She just started to realize, oh my goodness, like what the power, like, again, it's this power of like, when you have your own awareness, you're just like, what could this do if we all had it? Mm. Um, And sometimes you have to experience it to be able to see the kind of recognize the value. So that helped her to shift to say, okay, how do I explore that? I think one of the, one of the challenges right now for her is a little bit more practical. I think it's, it's that she's like trying to figure out within the organization, she wants to know, will this create, will this create like, you know, unnecessary ripples? I don't want to create. So she's, I think part of it's for her to figure out how, if she was to ask for this, how was she going to position it? Mm. So that it makes sense at an organization level. Um, so even if it starts with her team and not like, she's not right now thinking of doing it for everybody because it's, it's a big organization. So she's not looking at that way. She's like, even for her team. So that's one aspect. So some of her challenges right now are, are practical, like around how would I explain this? Um, how mm. do I get people to understand the value behind it? Um, mm. You know, uh, so because if you can't do those things, you got, how do you get an organization to, uh, decide to invest in it right? right so those are the things that she's trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. ex- like kind of put forward um mm-hmm. and and decide on and then sometimes also within organizations they may say oh well you know we have a team thing that we could do internally and that's fine right, right? like i think in the end it's kind of making a determination to say what's needed and mm-hmm. what's available but i think her challenge right now is on practical things but the part that made her realize to even want to explore it was her own experience. As soon as she experienced it, it mm-hmm. just was like, often she's like, because initially she came to the table with, these are all, these are the challenges I'm having with my team. 
How do I work through this such, such issue that I'm having with so-and-so and such and such issue? And so we, I was like, okay, before we get into any of the details, can we just start from, just start from where you're at? Let's just look at that part first to help kind of, what, what, are, we, look, what are you, what are your um, ways of operating? What are your natural inclinations? What do you prefer? What do you not prefer? And so initially she was like, I remember she was like, okay, I guess so. Right? I'm like, trust me, like, this is, let's do this first. And, but as soon as we did it, she was like, oh my goodness, like I, what if we did this with my team? And I said, and it was interesting. It was exactly what we had talked about. Maybe a few, it, we had started conversation a few months back mm-hmm. um, and then she just started up more recently, but, um, but yeah, we, this is exactly what we talked about it. But sometimes, you know, it happens, right. Where I can say, you and I can say something, but a person mm. has to be in a place to actually receive it. And for her experiencing right. it, gave her the opportunity to ex- receive it. And what was great was she then gave me feedback as well to say, Nancy, like, I didn't really know what to expect, but if I had number one, I was like, you know what? That's actually great feedback for me to know how to better communicate this. Cause exactly. I she didn't know what she was getting into. And I said, Oh, so it's actually was great learning for both of us, uh, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate because it helped me then to be like, how can I speak to this to others so that they can see the value maybe a little sooner. I and somehow I, I love that. Yeah, you know, and I think there's that element of, you know, if you're on the other side of the bridge, you know, so if we're yes. trying to get to the destination, <laughs> you're already on the other side. Sometimes yeah. that language, it is not the same as somebody who is uh, trying to get where you are. You know, it's like yes. a math teacher who they've learned the formulas. It's like second nature to them. And then they're going yeah. back trying to explain the fundamentals. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, yeah. don't you know this? So there is that element when it comes to communicating <laughs> sometimes where yes. translation gets lost because you, things that you have just grown to know. And even like, you know, the whole thing of writing things down and journaling. I mean, you know, um, I mentioned that and it's something you do regularly, but you just, don't think about these things until, you know, someone else may bring them up. And so I yes. think that is very, very key to remember. So, um, yes. great points. I mean, this has just been uh, some great nuggets that you've shared. So what is uh, the best way for the audience to get a hold of you? Yeah, I, I, from a social media perspective, I am most present on LinkedIn. So if you were to just look me up, Nancy, John, exactly how it sounds, two first names, yes, <laughs> you'll, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn from a social media perspective. And then my, if you're interested to just find out a little bit more about seed leadership, what mm-hmm. we do, again, like I said, it is, I'm excited because it is, it's something that we're building and cultivating. So it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out at www.seedleadershipdevelopment.com. Okay. And uh, and the last thing is what books or podcasts or anything could you recommend to the audience? Oh, my. You've just opened a can of worms here. Books. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So... Uh, one of the books that I absolutely recommend to for, uh, to almost anybody who is in a role of responsibility where you're responsible for other people is Radical Candor by Kim Coles. Mm. Kim Coles, I believe, is a lot. I lent my book out. I'm turning around looking at my bookshelf. I don't have it here, but <laughs> I lent it out. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. book because um, 
what she what she does is yes she gives a framework for feedback but that's not all the book's about she kind of then gets and takes it to like you know um, organizing meetings and just kind of like really gets into some very practical things but what mm. I love most shares her own story both the good and the bad like where mm. she did it well well and I really appreciated that because you don't hear that often um, especially coming from a female like who was in more of like the startup and tech space mm. you don't hear that often so uh, I would highly recommend Radical Candor to people um, I am currently reading a book called Quiet uh, mm. The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking wow uh, so I have my own podcast called Relational Introvert. And mm. I started that podcast. And really, the what I'm looking to do with it is I'm looking to elevate the voice of introverted leaders. Uh, they're the people that, you know, end up being the quiet ones. As I say, you don't hear, from, hear of them or hear about from them often unless they are, you know, playing the role of an extrovert. And so this mm. book has been uh, I've been wanting to look into as part of my podcast, but also just as part of you know, learning about myself. Again, we talk about self-awareness. So Quiet mm -hmm. is one of the books that I'm working through right now. Um, so so those would be a couple of books That's at this awesome. moment that come to the top of my mind. And yeah, I would say check out my podcast. I would love to know, get people's thoughts on yeah. uh, relational interest. Um, That's another way that you can find me. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, I don't have any other podcasts that I'm necessarily regularly listening to. I certainly keep an ear out uh, mm -hmm. for, for different ones. Uh, I'm not, I don't have one specific one that I would say, ah, that's the one that I, is my go-to. I just, I, I'm always open to ideas and, and topics that people share. I'm, I'm listening into those things. So That's good. Now, um, I'm really intrigued by one of the comments you said about introverts playing the role of an extrovert. So explain yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happens a lot of times is, you know, you people have certain connotations when they hear the word introvert and, and likewise extrovert. So I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. going to say you know, one or the other, but mm -hmm. people tend to think that introverts, you know, aren't really people, people and things like that. And I wanted to kind of down, I wanted to kind of offset that myth and say, that's actually not really true. We just have a different, we just look at relationships and socializing in a we just have a different approach to it but what happens mm. is what in in most of our society especially north america mm -hmm. uh, we really celebrate the gregarious person the person mm -hmm. who's the life of the party the person who is you know no issues getting up there and talking in front of people like you know and so we really celebrate that and when we look at um Leaders, we generally pinpoint, usually, not always, generally, we, mm -hmm. they get pinpointed are the ones who are the, you know, the great speakers, like the orators and, you know, think like all of that. And so what happens is for introverts who might not all be that always comfortable being the ones that are up in front, uh, may not always be comfortable being like loud and, and kind of needing to raise your voice we, you will find that we will go undercover is what I say <laughs> every mm. so often so, to be able to either to fit in, uh, to not look like, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So that, that kind of idea of un, uh, introverts do go undercover, as I say, every so often, uh, you'd be surprised 
who are introverts. <laughs> I actually, I feel that there's actually a lot of um, performers, actors, and so on who are actually introverts. And so I think sometimes there's this misnomers about introverts and how they can show up and who they are. And sometimes we show up a little bit differently for the sake of needing to, needing to uh, either fit in or survive or kind of make do in a certain situation, but then we'll go away and need to take a nap, <laughs> need mm -hmm. to get away from people for a little while so that mm -hmm. we can recharge ourselves. Uh, so that's what I mean when I say uh, going, you know, kind of playing the role or going undercover. That's awesome because, you know, the, I mean, that just leads me on a way of thinking how um, being able to assess people and assess environments and situations um, mm -hmm. because maybe introverts can be more observant and observe things and recognize what people would celebrate, like you said, and yes. being able to step into that space, knowing what people want, because you have been observant, provide yes. that, and then go back and do your normal thing. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, so. absolutely. It's interesting because there's one piece I'll just share that's kind of come up recently is this idea of creativity. It's so important. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to a gentleman recently who was saying like, you know, you know, I was reading something and they're saying how creativity seems to be dropping. And mm -hmm. uh, I shared with him, I said, you know, I wonder if part of it has to do with, so, and this actually came up in this book I'm reading as well is um, a lot, almost every organization, their uh, offices are set up as like um, open, open concept, right? Like there's mm -hmm. just complete open concept. The thing is that, for most introverts, they creativity, like the ability to actually think through and be creative happens is a solo activity. Mm. And so the, when you have a lot of noise around you, people who can just come in and out at any time, it actually doesn't invoke creativity for them. It's actually a uh, creates more of like a, I have to keep stuck. It, it's not an efficient creativity. And so they're the mm. ones who kind of the ability to pull away do that creative thinking and then come to the group and be like, let's now, now we can talk about it. But the idea of just brainstorming all at once and, and everything being open, it actually does not serve an entire population. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, um, you have to have that element of being able to process maybe information, yes. Yes, you know, because, exactly. um, based on what you're saying just with these two examples is that uh, they do a lot of observation and on more than one level. And that's a lot of information to kind of begin to navigate through. Yes. Whereas other yeah. people who are actively doing stuff don't really recognize a lot of the things that an introvert may be picking up. That's right. You know, even just that whole concept of the office being open. I mean, that's profound. You know, yeah. how many people would really even think about that? You yeah. Know? So that yeah. is just, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I really have enjoyed this, Nancy, and so glad that we connected. And yeah, um, yeah. looking forward to hearing your podcast, you know, uh, great topic. I mean, I really, uh, I'm really excited to be able to share your insight with the audience. So are there Thank any so final much. words that you would like to share? 
Uh, well, first off, I want to say thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been really great chatting with you, and I, you have great questions. I'm just like, oh, that's a great question. So uh, loved being here, having the conversation with you, Michelle. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, I mean, I, I would just say to the audience, like, you know, uh, for again, like, I want to just stop where we started off is like that importance of you know, just recognizing and, and the investing in building your own awareness. It, it is a amazing thing. Uh, whether you are in a leadership role or not, I highly recommend that's an exercise for all of us to build that because in the world that we're in right now, we actually need more of that um, if we are looking mm -hmm. to make change. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Oh, you are welcome. And I'm looking forward to us collaborating again. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a great day. Okay. You too, Michelle. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I really enjoy providing content that inspires and challenges us to be a better version of ourselves. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please email me at info at lachelleadkins.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, or my YouTube channel. If there was something in this episode that resonated with you, it, it probably will resonate with someone else. So please share it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. But those aha moments, those moments of really getting something and changing your perspective are very, very pivotal in having people um, change the trajectory of their lives. And so being able to share insightful information so that other people can grow is the easiest thing that we can do as we pay it forward. So again, I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have time, write out a review. Go to iTunes, Anchor, uh, wherever you can um, find this podcast on any of those platforms and write a review about um, what impact this episode uh, had on you, what you learned or whatever. Um, any feedback is great because it just helps me to understand what content is really beneficial for those that are listening. So again, I want to thank you all for your support and taking the time to spend some time with me and my guests. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>